Greetings, travelers. The following episode is of Listener Tales. Now, we do not read these ahead of time, so listener discretion is advised. Hello, I'm author Mark Muncy. And I'm author Erica Lance. And this is Eerie Travels. Greetings, travelers. Greetings, travelers. Oh, yes, it is the most wonderful time. Oh, wait, I, I keep doing that, and it's the wrong song, so. No, it's it's kind of, well, so this is a special oh. episode that is actually going to be released on the 25th. Yeah, this so, is Christmas. For those that celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas. Yes. For those, who for celebrate those that are Yule, doing the Happy Yule. Happy Yule. Um, happy Solstice. And if you just happy recently Kwanzaa, celebrated, happy Hanukkah, all yes. the fun things. Yes. All of the holidays, or if you know what, you're like, screw that. I don't celebrate anything this time of year. Here are some cool listener tales for you. Yeah, let's get some spooky stuff because that was the tradition, the Victorian tradition, one that I love is literally sitting around telling ghost stories. Yes. Because that's where we get a Christmas carol. That's where we get some of these other great holiday traditions. And BBC in England actually does a show called Ghost Stories for Christmas. They usually do M.R. James stories. They usually do, you know, some Lovecraft. They do a little bit of everything. And I'm just so happy that they do that still. Uh, Mark Gaddis, keeping that alive. We love you, Mark Gaddis. And um, so that was what we decided. We decided, hey, let's do these listener tales. You guys have flooded us with listener tales. And yes. we cannot say thank you enough because these are amazing and we've had some amazing guests on who have said that their favorite episodes are the listener tales episodes because it gives them stuff to look into it gives them stuff to research so i feel like we're feeding the paranormal community so yeah. much stuff but we hear that a lot and you know one of the things is that we're going to be moving to a patreon and that's happening here at the beginning of the year and we'll be doing more AMAs and live stuff on our Patreon. So keep an eye out for that so that you can join and kind of be live with us when we do that. So that'll be kind yeah. of cool, but keep them coming. We love them. And oh, so yeah. without further ado, Mark, or no ado at all, do really? you want to begin? Jump right in. All right, let's do it. This is from Catherine and they uh, actually put where this took place, which is Camp Glisten in Oh, I'll never pronounce that. Dalangea, Georgia. That's why you made me do this. So I'd have yeah, to that's absolutely. I read yeah. the first line. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Dalangea, <laughs> uh, Georgia. So I was there for a week of Methodist church camp. It was like regular fun camp things, but there was Bible study nightly. We thought the camp counselors were trying to scare us when they said that stuff happens around the camp was 90% God but 10% devil. For whatever reason, the devil kicked it up a notch that week. On a night that half the camp camped out in a meadow, there were sightings of a very tall nine foot to 12 foot white creature with arms that were disproportionately long. Fireballs made their way through the forest, flying through the limbs of trees. Uh, half of our camp woke up to find them back in the cabins scared out of their minds. After Wednesday night Bible study, my friend decided at 9.30 p.m. was the time to call her mom after being there several days already. I had an uneasy feeling going as the phone booth, yes, it was 1980, uh, was down the paved camp drive 100 yards. In the middle of her call, the white thing busted out of the tree line around the booth and scared us to death. Only the adrenaline fueled our legs to get away. I've never forgotten it. It was on Wednesday, August 6th. As an adult, I've grown to think of it as more of a cryptid or Bigfoot than a demon. All I know is that it was real and it was in the North Georgia mountains. I think I'd rather see that than those other things in the woods that shall not be named. Catherine. Well, hello, Catherine. First of all, I noped out immediately. I would have already been gone. So. Yeah. 
I wouldn't have made it all those nights. It would have been going to that 80s phone booth, calling my mom and telling her to get there immediately and get me out of there. Yep. Uh, so yeah. that's I you would have Adam's family valued that you'd have burned the whole camp down. The, the whole camp would have been burned <laughs> down. That would have been it. You know, it's interesting because on our recent listener questions episode, somebody brought up some white furred creatures. They weren't this tall, but I wouldn't be shocked to find out there's an albino Bigfoot. Like that wouldn't be oh, no, or a Yeti. Yeah, the the no. white thing of Alabama. There's one in Georgia. There's ones in North Carolina. That area, all along the Appalachians, they called them the white things. Now, the fireballs through the forest is one of the things that immediately drew me to this because that's people always think of, oh, Bigfoot, Bigfoot, Bigfoot. And they don't talk about the strange stuff usually surrounding when a Bigfoot sighting takes place. And a common thing is what they call will-o'-wisps or fairy fire or stuff like that, where it just little balls of flame seem to go through the trees and not set anything on fire but fly through the air. Some people say they look like Roman candles, you know, that you shoot those yeah. little balls into the air and stuff and they fly around. And that's usually a sign that something, you know, odd is going on, that this area is open, that a portal is open in this area. And that's what I think. And a lot of people talk about these church camps as seeing some odd things. We, this is not new for me. So well, and I, I think wow. there's a, a lot of, regardless of what your religious belief, if you put a lot of intention on good or evil and like that whole entire thing, especially something that's spiritual, however you get to that spirituality, you create a certain amount of energy around it. So it doesn't shock me that that's the case. Do I believe that's the devil? No, absolutely not. I believe it's something, it's a preternatural. We don't know what it was. It's unfortunate that it seemed as aggressive as it is, but if it was aggressive, it's entirely possible it was not happy and you guys were in its territory, yeah. right? And you're doing things that it might find offensive or find yeah. you know, hurtful to it. So it's reacting out of that. You know, there's a lot of things. And when you have a bunch of teens and preteens in an area, guess what? That feeds a lot of emotional energy and a lot of hormonal oh. energy there that could... We still don't know how that affects all the things. No, that's true. But Catherine, thank you for your story. And we appreciate it very much. And I, I, I do think you're right. I think it's something preternatural. I, I don't, it doesn't sound demonic. Not that we think demons, heaven, hell kind of demons, but evil, yucky entities. I don't think that's what that was, mm -hmm. Mark. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. Next one. Hi, travelers. Hello. Hi. I'm Indonesian and I have a secondhand account story to tell you. My grandpa was born in Sumatra. Even though his dad is Chinese immigrant, my grandpa pretty much lived there for his whole life. You see, the island of Sumatra has many thick and dense forests. And if I remember correctly, there are many parts still left unexplored. True. But, yeah, that is very true. My grandpa was quite adventurous when he was young. He often go to the forest with his friends and hunt squirrels and other small wild animals. One day, my grandpa and his friends decided to go to another reason, region in Sumatra and hunt uh, in more remote and unfamiliar forest. He said he got bored hunting in the same forest all the time. I believe, Traveler, that this is the start of some horror movies. Okay. That, but it's understandable. Understandable. <laughs> I, I, I got pretty bored hunting on our family land in Kentucky because we knew it every tree every little nook so yeah we would ask other people and say hey can we hunt on your farm today can we hunt on your farm next week yep no i mean it makes sense of course that you know me i'm like well that's just begging for a problem so don't <laughs> but, go chasing waterfalls right <laughs> yeah don't go chasing okay never mind let's go back so accompanied by his usual hunting friends they hired a local guide and entered the forest um entered the forest sorry after hunting for squirrels all day, they realized that they were lost. Their local guide said he'd never seen this part of the forest they were in, which was weird because he made sure to stay in the area he was familiar with. I was about to say, what kind of guide leads you and then goes, yeah, have no idea where we are. Yeah. Okay. My grandpa said it felt like they were hypnotized by unseen forces. And before they knew it, they ended up in an unfamiliar part of the forest. They tried to remain calm and assess the situation, and that's when they noticed it. 
Something was observing them from behind the bush. My grandpa said it looked like a hybrid between humans and chimps, and it's kind of small, but as tall as an adult waist. He couldn't explain it well because how weird the thing was. But he remember one particular detail about the creature or thing. Its front foot were in reverse position. So when the creature walked, it looked like the creature was walking backwards. Hmm. Ooh. Have you ever heard of anything like that, Mark? Yeah, I'll wait till we get to the end of this, but I have okay. some thoughts already. Wow, because so. that, that's new to me. So, okay. The creature noticed my grandfather's party and was aware of its presence and walked away from the scene. Weirdly enough, the creature wasn't running at all. So out of curiosity, the party decided to follow the creature. Nope, that was, nope, no, okay. <laughs> no, sorry, sorry, Grandpa. Mm, not the, that's the choice Erica would make. Okay. <laughs> they arrived in an open area where the herd of the creature gathered. Oh, my, gra ooh, ooh. my grandpa said they were typing in some kind of unknown language, like a wild man language. The party decided it's enough curiosity and time to scram out of there because they were in an unknown situation and they could be in real danger. This is true. Yeah. After walking for hours, they miraculously reached the edge of the forest sometime after sunrise and lucky enough, the creatures didn't follow them at all. It's up to you guys to believe me or not, but one thing I know for sure is my grandpa wasn't a liar. He kept telling the story even after he reached a very old age. The story got me into cryptozoology, and of course, I did some research on Orang Pendek. Pendek? Orang Pendek, yeah. Yeah, I hope I said that correctly. And Sumatran. some testimonies from across Sumatra were similar to my grandpa's. One thing that I want to mention is the creature speaks some kind of unknown language. That's why the very first time I heard Sierra, did I say that right? Sound. Sierra sound. Yeah. yeah, I got shivered all up my body to think these creatures are as intelligent was very exciting. Wow. wow, traveler. So first of all, we do believe you. Yes. Yes. What is this, Mark? I've never heard of something like this. All right. Well, that is very similar to some of the stories we've had of the Fae. You know, wandering into the woods, suddenly you see one, it leads you to where there's a bunch of them. And uh, this says, you know, like somewhere half between a human and a Bigfoot, that immediately comes to me. Our good old friends, the Puckwudgies, or yeah. the uh, the stump jumpers, as we call them in the South. They're you know basically like a smaller Bigfoot that may have some fey ties. They definitely tend to gather ley line crosses and things like that, where the, where there's a lot of energy and all that. It does sound like it was following your grandfather's party. It, it was trying to figure them out as much as they were trying to figure it out. The backwards feet. Now that makes me think more goat man type legs where the knees bend backwards and stuff like that. So that could be it too. I love that you looked into our Rangpendek because of this, because that is such a crazy character. We might have to do an episode on that later on. Some Indonesian cryptids, because those are fascinating to me, but I've never been there. So I, you know, I only like to talk about things I've actually been in the areas of but we are expanding so overseas might be a thing at some point but i have talked to people who have looked into it and have been in that area uh, we do have some boots on the ground in that area that are fun to talk to so that might be something we look into for a future episode Absolutely, but i think but i'm glad your grandpa you. talked about it his whole life and never changed his story and that's that's the sort of thing where somebody else would be like oh he was crazy but he had a group with him if they all talked about it, something happened Something they don't understand, that's what we call preternatural. Exactly, exactly. And I have to say that, first of all, I do want to say to all travelers, we will never not believe you. Sometimes we will not know what even a guess is to us of what it is. And sometimes we may say, here, it's the scientific thing we may think it is. But always, always know that we do believe you. We are never going to say one of our listeners and one of our travelers, fellow travelers, is crazy or telling an untruth it's your perception is reality it's what you believe and it's your reality and it's totally fine. and if we if we think it's something mundane and all that we will mention it just uh i think this was definitely something unusual and if you do want to look up the sierra sound people somebody look that one up it is a creepy noise they think it's bigfoot's 
talking to each other, Sasquatches talking to each other. So, and it's not surprising. These are intelligent creatures. There's nothing that's ever told us that they're not intelligent creatures. Yeah. Just some of them appear to be more like pack animal like, such as dogman yeah. and stuff. But they're all going to have their own way of communicating with each other. So that none of this yeah. is surprising to me. I mean, all these, you know, we we even now know that you know trees talk to each other and mushrooms talk to each other in different ways. You know. So of course animals talk to each other. So this is just not what we think, right? So exactly. Okay. Well, Mark, you get right. the next one, my friend. All right. Uh, I think we'll do this one, then we'll take a break. Greetings, travelers. Greetings. Greetings. I have a story for you all. Not quite a cryptid, but definitely saw something weird one time. A few years ago, my partner and I got home to my apartment late one night around 1 a.m. It was only street parking, so we parked a couple blocks away and were coming up to the alley behind the building since it was the closest entrance. It was a quiet, mostly residential area on a weeknight, so it was dead silent. As we came up to the alley, we saw a person sitting on some rocks at the alley entrance, staring directly across the street where the alley continued on the next block. They were really tall and thin, wearing a blonde wig. They didn't look over as we walked towards them, but when we were maybe 15 feet away, they stood up and walked into the alley across the street. It might have just been how dark it was, but it looked like they had no face, just a black space under the wig. We got up in view of the alley that they had walked into maybe three seconds later, and they were totally gone. Like it definitely wasn't even enough time for them to have walked out of the other side or into one of the buildings yet. The whole thing just had a really weird feeling to it. Keep me anonymous as we aren't supposed to talk about it. I held that in. Ooh, nope, no, no, no. I love that you immediately knew it was a wig and then the black space under the wig. Hmm. Yeah, this is, like I said, not a cryptid, but something weird. Yes, this it's is something weird in my in my immediate thing that I first thought when when I when you were reading this is repeat ghost. Yeah, it could be, you know, because things like that, especially, you know, depending on the clothing it had, whatever those kind of and especially the immediate disappearance of it, I feel like usually dictates a repeat like it's doing some action that it's on tape. Yeah. yeah, yeah, stone tape where it's just recorded into the walls there. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a thought. My other thought is that it's some sort of uh, just entity that that that's that alley is its home, yeah, and, it, and that's where it just it comes outside, it watches the world around it, and then fades back in when it's time to go, you know, when it's when it's bedtime. So yeah. when somebody got too close to it, that's a natural hiding instinct. It cloaked, it disappeared, phased out, as it were. So there's a lot of different ways that could go. Burn uh, the alley down. Just kidding. No, it didn't yeah. seem dangerous at all. <laughs> Doesn't seem yeah. dangerous, but thank you for your story, Anonymous. We appreciate it. Oh, yeah. I, I'm sorry you aren't supposed to talk about it, but I, again, if you'd like to let us know exactly where that block is, we could do some history digging. We could find out you know, what may have happened in that alley over the years. There are public records. That's what they're there for. Uh, we could also maybe even get a team out there to watch to see if it happens again. That's, and you that's can let great. us know. We won't share the address on no, no, on know, publicly. Like that. So keep that anonymous and all that. But uh, please, please reply to my email. I sent you back. I appreciate that it. That would be very cool. Okay, did you want to take a break or do one more? I think I need to take a quick break, gang, because that one. Uh... Yeah. Okay, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. The sweltering heat of the Florida sun breaks as a chill runs down your spine. A dark shadow looms from a nearby tourist trap. You didn't expect to find this kind of shade in Florida. If only there was some sort of travel guide to steer you through the spookier locales. Well, you're in luck, reader. Join author Mark Muncy and Carrie Schultz as they lead you through the darkest locations in the Sunshine State in creepy Florida. Available from History Press and at fine bookstores everywhere. Destiny Beard, the lyrical soprano who will haunt your dreams. With her alluring melodies and intricate harmonies, 
This dark siren of wistful song shall capture your soul and lead you into the night. Check out Destiny's new single, The Haunting Is Over, with international musicians Sam Haynes and Gary Bennett, as well as her other musical works at destinybeer.com. We're, We're back. back. Yeah. Oh, Jinx. Jinx, you owe me. We, no, I don't drink a Coke, but I can. Right. I can get you one. I All right, know. that'll work. Give me, give me a root beer. Or, a root beer. You do like root beer. That I do like root beer, and story. I like cheer wine. But I'm not supposed to do those because you know I'm old, and blood sugar is a thing. So yeah, no. Give it's me an so Arnold Palmer. I don't know about you, but I used to be able to get a big gulp Dr. Pepper. Like Dr. Pepper was my jam, and I oh get yeah one of those super big gulps and the huge things or the big plastic gigantic mug that you had to hold with two hands because it was so ridiculous in size yeah. and i'd fill those up go to 7-eleven all the time take in my plastic cup because it was like yeah 25 cents to fill That's it up or whatever it, and now i you know every now and then i'm like i should try dr pepper nope i didn't i didn't like the pretentious dr pepper i preferred mr pib because he didn't put any airs on yeah so oh he didn't think he was a doctor I actually, funny enough, went to see Star Wars when I was three years old. I talked about this Chinese man theater. I have a picture of me and one of the guys who was in the Dr. Pepper commercial when we were adults. Yeah. His name was Wally, but he was like one of those guys jumping in the jeans and the white t-shirt. Give me a Dr. Pepper. So I've had some weird, weird run-ins with things like that in my past. The other thing I used to drink a lot of was Sprite and eat Funyuns together. And, oh, God, that is, I don't, what the hell? I don't I know what my teenage, yeah. oh, God, it was bad. Well, at the time, I was like, this is the best thing ever. And, you know, you go to try that again. I tried Funyuns, and I was like, wow. Okay. I, I don't normally like to eat out at certain fast food restaurants. And then the other day, I was feeling very weird. And it's Carrie's favorite place that she loves to go is, like she likes the Mexican stuff that isn't Mexican. So she likes going to Tijuana Flats or oh, yeah. Taco Bell. You know, and so she goes to Taco Bell. And I really thought the guy was going to get mad at us because we didn't order a Baja Blast. Really? <laughs> because she ordered like the strawberry whatever. And I ordered a tea. And they must have thought we were from another planet because we didn't order a Baja Blast. Because Why come to Taco Bell and not order a Baja Blast? Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. Talk the guy about showed us, he's like, well, if you like the Mountain Dew Code Red, I can make a Code Red by mixing these three drinks. And it was this amazing guy at this Taco Bell. And he actually gave me a sip and I was like, oh my God, it does taste like Code Red. He's like, I know it's not on the menu, but I can do it. And I'm just like, all right, that's, that's a talent. That guy should be on America's Got Talent. Shows how to make Code Red even when it's not available. So. Oh, no, totally. Although neither one of us should be drinking Code Red. So moving oh. on from that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Well, back to listener tales. Oh my gosh. These are, I needed that after the last one. Sorry, gang. Yes. We need to cleanse uh, the, the, the thing. It, the image finally hit me of the wig with no face and it, that was it. I was, I had to take a moment. I just want to point out that Mark just technically noped. So. I did. I did. Was, I think that's a first. That is a oh. first. Either I'm wearing off on you or who knows. Uh -huh. Okay. So let's see here. Hi, travelers from the Czech Republic. Well, hello. hello. Wow, that's that's a new one for us. We'll put that on the map. Yes, international. Okay, here we go. I had an encounter that remained a mystery to me for several years. It was a monster encounter, not a cryptid one. And I was less than three meters, 10 freedom units from it. So three a meter is what, um, three feet? Uh, yeah, so 10 freedom units is his, his way of saying 10 foot. Okay, 10 <laughs> feet. Okay. Freedom I like units. that. Czech Republic That's, calls them freedom units. Uh, that is hysterical considering us and only one other country in the entire world use inches and feet. Okay. Yeah. So I was less than three meters, 10 freedom units from it sitting in a car. I just barely managed to stop. It was during the night north of Brno. And I apologize if I don't say these correctly. Mark will jump in when he can. But on the southernmost place, animals can make a crossing in the east-west direction in Europe without encountering a river too deep to cross. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is a geographical crossroad since prehistory for humans and animals. 
It was one of the most mysterious counters you can imagine, and it shocked me. If you want to put a trigger warning for those worried about animals, or just do not read the explanation at the end and just enjoy what I considered a mystery for several years. So we already have a list, a trigger warning for listeners, but listeners, trigger warning if you need to fast forward. So here we go. It was dark already, and I was driving back home. I was already near the suburban area when suddenly a huge beast came from the November mist and stepped out on the road. The headlights could not properly shine on its body. It was like a body swallowed light instead of reflecting it. Parts of it seemed like it was covered in extremely long hair. Parts were covered in weird plates of some sort, almost like a gray misshapen exoskeleton. The beast was... No. Okay, that was me. Ah. Okay, the beast was standing on four legs... I did not see their bottom part as I stopped my car almost touching them. It's the beast right was in front of them. Oh my gosh. The beast was enormous. The back of it was higher than the top of a head of a human and the head much higher still. I was sitting in a terrain car and looking up at it. Oh, that's so big. A train car like a Jeep or something where you can yeah. okay. Yeah, like a trailblazer or something like that. So that's like a big truck. Their head was huge, long, but without facial features. There was no eye or mouth. The neck was incredibly thick and the lower part obviously covered in hair. The rib cage was enormous, impossible to tell where it ended and where hair started. The stomach was not illuminated by the headlights. It looked like there isn't any. The whole animal looked like a cartoon exaggeration of a werewolf. Mm. After I stopped, it turned its faceless head slightly towards me, then returned to look right in front of it, and by two or three steps it had walked across the road, ended up in the field on the other side of the road. A few seconds later, its shape disappeared into the misty darkness. I didn't dare investigate, and I just drove away. Well, I agree with that. <laughs> that's 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 the uh, that's the Erica Riel response there. Nope. Yeah. Nope. nope. I would have been reversing already. This was already too much for me. Okay. There was not supposed to be any animal this size in the wild. We have foxes and wild boars. Some are deer and sometimes a baboon from a local zoo runs away. He likes these adventures and usually visits nearby gardens and stays with people there until the police come to take him back to the zoo. <laughs> that was the, uh, was it the mystery monkey of Tampa Bay? Yeah, he used to cover around a lot. In the East, several pumas escaped from private owners, and there were some wolves reintroduced the wild, but that's about it. There are no large beasts of this type that should exist. Not anywhere, and especially in the densely populated Czech Republic, a country where you can't physically be further away from the nearest pub than two hours by foot. Oh, this is a country I need to go to. We have folklore like the forest wildmen, watermen, dwarves, black fire hounds, but not anything like this. Oh, I'm I'm gonna take note of the forest. I'm I'm making a note of the Czech Republic because I want to know what a black fire hound is. Have you ever heard of a black fire hound? It's similar to the snarly yowl over here, but they breathe fire instead of just having red eyes and red smoke. But the the forest wildman's their Bigfoot. It's their Sasquatch. The Waterman is their siren type thing, mermaid. And then the okay. dwarves live in the mountains. We know those from, you know, that's the fae type. Oh, yeah. The little people. The okay. earth fae. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All of the people I told this story to either dismissed it outright or those who knew me better and realized I don't tend to lie. They tried to come up with an explanation. It failed. Trigger warning for the rest. Okay, here we this go. This is written in this, so... This is where he figured it out, I think. Yeah, okay. Because I, I think I had a theory, and uh, but now I'm like, okay, now I look ahead. I'm like, oh, yep, I was right. Okay. So here we go. That was for several years. Over the time, I simply learned to keep the story to myself. However, then I told the story to my now ex-girlfriend. She looked at me, asked me exactly where it was. She lived nearby and told me what I saw. Apparently, there was a horrible man who had a small garden. He was abusive to people and animals alike. He had four horses. 
He didn't care about them at all. No horseshoes, no trimming of hooves, no cutting, cleaning of hair. The poor animals were starving and living in a small enclosure. This stream running through it made the whole area a giant mud pit, and they ran away several times. The monster I encountered was a starving, disoriented horse with incredibly long hair covering a hardened mud, which was absorbing and not reflecting the light from my headlights. The mud covered his facial features and obscured his sight. I hate to say it, but it sounded like your Kelpie story. I hope there's no animals harmed near there, Peter. Wow. Oh, Peter, that is an amazing story. And I am so sorry to hear about that. I hate hearing any sort of abuse of animals. And, and I again, hope that that got taken care of with him. And again, reporting it led to a solution. So mm -hmm. it's... Yeah, it sounds like a cryptid, looks like a cryptid, smells like a cryptid. Oh, it's something terrible. And that's us with the Kelpie. The reason we started looking into it and the reason I sent teams out there was because I immediately thought it was an animal in distress because it did oh. not fit the folklore of the legends of the area. It wasn't until later that I realized there is some folklore that ties into the Kelpies and stuff like that a little further north up in Georgia where our kudzu kelpie guy was and again i did swear to think we were going to find a horse that had gotten just tangled in you know kudzu vines and couldn't get loose but man what an incredible ride that story is yes and peter thank you so much for sharing it all the way across the world from us we love that czech republic hello we'd love to come over there you guys invite us over sometime we invite you know, us over there. and i'm all about a pub crawl two hours yeah. i can walk between two the hours pub. between good. each pub yeah that's great i've been to romania and I've been to Turkey, but Czech Republic was one that I did not get into because when I went over there, it was still communist Czechoslovakia. <laughs> and, you know, I was able to get into Romania, lucky as I was. Yeah, no, if you guys have events in areas, please reach out to them and tell them to reach out to us. We love yeah. to come and talk and research local things and do travel around those areas. Yeah, heck yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Peter. Okay, Mark. Uh, this is from Brandon. Well, hello, and Brandon. I posted this a while ago on Reddit and thought I should share it with you all. Well, hey, we're welcome to have reposts and reshares. If you didn't get the response you want, you know, hey, bring it to us. We're happy to talk about it. Uh, let's see. Um, I was on a fire road on my motorcycle with my girlfriend's 10-year-old brother on the back. This was in the Bodfish area going to Lower Kern River. Where is Bodfish going to Lower Kern? I'm going to have to Google that myself because I do not know. It's, let's get Magic Producer to clickety-clack that up for us by the time we get to the end of the story. So Okay. Uh, we came to the end, a turnaround. The kid jumps off the bike and runs to the river. I had pulled up next to some trees with bushes between them. I lit a cigarette. It was very quiet and calm. The smoke drifted towards the trees. I heard a snort, snuffle-type grunt sound, very subdued but close. I snapped my head towards the sound and clearly saw what looked like a big, reddish-brown rug being moved behind the trees. It was within 10 feet. I fired up the bike, spun it around, screaming at the kid to get up here. As soon as he jumped on, I was gone. Yeah, that was the Erica Nope right there. So, yep. Good job, Brandon. Erica Noping the hell out of there. Like yep. it. Yep. The next day I went back because I needed to know if the ground sloped up or down behind those trees and it sloped slightly down. Whatever I saw was at least seven feet tall. And I think the only reason I ever knew it was there was I pulled up right next to it and lit a cigarette. That's its natural stealth showing off. That's my story, and it's true. So with the clickety-clack, this location, which is Bodfish Lower Kern, is in California. Okay. That's why it sounded like something out west. So I, I was going to say, this sounds like an out west Sasquatch, is what it uh, sounds yeah. like. Because they've been, re I mean, it's reported everywhere, but from what I understand with the Redwoods and stuff, a lot of their masking is that sort of reddish brown fur that masks with those kind of trees out there. Yeah, they blend. They they oh, and that's just it. You're exactly what you said. You pulled up, you lit the cigarette, that woke it up, it moved. Yeah, hundred percent. You saw a Sasquatch. I would say from this, you know, again, you didn't have the details, 
but that's exactly every Sasquatch encounter I've heard. The only thing you didn't mention was the smell. But if you were smoking a cigarette, you probably didn't notice the smell anyway. So that because well, you had yeah. that. And I mean, I don't think this is the smell reported with every single sighting. A lot. A okay. lot of sightings. So sometimes it doesn't make it into the reports because people don't want to talk about it. Sometimes they don't mention certain things that, you know, because they, oh, it's ufos it's something else that ties they don't want to throw off their bigfoot report because it mentioned some other things that might be a little off and that's the bfro refuses to put that stuff into their sighting reports so that's why some people don't like the bfro no that makes sense but it's also near a river there's lots of other smells that could have been going on that masked it you know what i mean that's a good story i i thank you so much that's the kind of thing yeah if you didn't get that kind of response where you had posted it before that you know people just mentioned didn't talk about it i think you're right i think you saw you know chewbacca's cousin so. yeah big food okay i think this is our last one today yeah so it's a big one though so buckle up because when i saw the first line of this one i'm like oh erica has to read this one see i knew you timed these stories i knew it no yeah. this one just this one was what i was when i saw the first line i only read the first little bit of these I, I, I know, but I feel like you set me up. Okay, this is from Cameron. Hey, Mark and Erica. Hi, hey. Cameron. I have a story for you both. I still haven't seen a not deer, but I do think I saw a not bear. Ooh, what? Yep. That's oh, what I saw. I was like, that. this. Yep. That's a much bigger thing than a not deer. Okay, let's see. First, a quick background. I grew up in the mountains of West Virginia. Western Virginia. Sorry, I even messed that up because he says not West Virginia. Yeah. I grew up in the mountains of Western Virginia, not West Virginia. When I was 15, I saw my first strange creature. It was outside our house and it was larger than a deer, but not an elk. It shook the trees as it went past. And my mother, who is half Cherokee, said it was a great deer protecting us from Spearfinger. What is Spearfinger? Do you know what Spearfinger, Spearfinger is? Spearfinger is a native legend. She's a first lady, very similar to Wampus Cat, and she will eat your liver. She pretends to be somebody else, gets close to you, and then stabs you with her very, very long finger and pulls out your liver and eats you. And the Cherokee went to war with her and lost many a warrior and never had a victory. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. And the great deer that he said was protecting is their native, you know, that's the great deer. It's not just a big deer. It is the great deer, which is similar to the, you know, the great serpent, the, the thunderbird. These are native, what we would call a god, but this oh, is just wow. a natural thing for them. So the great deer protecting them from seer finger. Heck yeah. I love that. So, summon the great deer any day. And says, I'll tell you that story another day. Cameron, you better tell us that. You better story. send us that great deer story. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know why, why your grandmother was afraid of Spearfinger particularly. Yeah. No, there's, I feel there's some layers there that we need to unpack. But oh. I've also made a note for us to look into that for future episodes. Spearfinger so. is a part of our Smoky Mountain book that's coming up. So I'll look at how you managed to plug your book coming. <laughs> well, well, our book coming up, you're you're going to chime in on that one. So, oh yeah, no, wait, that's true. That's stop giving away surprises. Here we go. Oh yeah, sorry, sorry. Okay. Here we go. So last summer we were in Yosemite camping. We drove towards our lodge that we had rented and started smelling something really, really bad for about a minute. It oh. reminded me of stories of Sasquatch stinking, so I immediately started looking around. Ooh, that's true. See? There you go. We didn't see anything out of the ordinary, so we drove to our lodge. My wife said it had to be something dead nearby as it just wafted towards us. Maybe after we got settled, we could drive back and then hike to see if we could find it before dark. Your wife is not of the Erica school of nope, I see. Oh, she's in the, she's in the Muncie school there. She's so. in the Muncie school of, you know what's a great idea? Let's, Let's go find the dead body. Yes. Don't love that. Okay. We didn't get settled for some time and it was dark before camp was set up. I had forgotten almost about the bad smell. We were settling into our camper and turned on our electric fans to cool off. It was way warmer than we were told to expect that weekend. We were sweating and realized we smelled pretty foul ourselves. We knew there was a public shower nearby, so we started hiking that way. 
We passed a couple of other campsites, but somehow we got off the trail and realized we are now in the woods and possibly a bit lost. Ooh. Mm -hmm. I pulled out my Yeah. I pulled out my GPS unit since there's no signal out there. Once the screen came up, I heard a loud noise next to us, like a Godzilla, but metallic and harmonized. Ooh. I can't mm. describe the sound. I've never heard anything like it in all my years. Erica would have been pleased as we both immediately screamed run to each other. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. Out. <laughs> oh, okay. This is my theory, Cameron, that I don't have to outrun. Godzilla, but Munson. metallic and harmonized. Ms. Mecha Godzilla. Oh, God. Multiple Mecha Godzilla. Yeah. Oh, Mecha Godzilla. Okay. We quickly scanned the lights to find a decent trail, but there was a, that's when the smell hit us. Oh. It was a sulfur and death rolled in garbage. I choke up even thinking about it, and I felt my eyes burn a bit. Ooh. Mm. That reminds mm. me. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I gonna, even felt that in the back of my throat. Oh. Yeah. We're going to unpack this when we get there. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a lot. This is a big one. So This is a, well, a big one, and I'm having lots of, like, I've got goosebumps. I've got chills. There's many things happening to me right now. My wife screamed, Find the damn trail. That was an exclamation and caps. Yeah. So I beamed around more and that's when I saw it. It was as tall as the branches above. We hadn't seen it because we thought it was a tree. It was furry and thought it was a grizzly with mange on its hind legs. It had to be 12 feet tall. Then it turned around and looked down at the light and I saw its eyes were completely gone like a dark hole where they should be. I froze until my wife screamed again at me to fucking run. <laughs> Ooh, your wife. I like her already. That seemed to break my fear paralysis when we took off. I saw it start to slowly walk after us like a zombie. We quickly found the lights of the public shower and ran for it. I swore that thing was following us. Then here's where it gets weird. Okay, Cameron, dude. dude we're already in weird. We are so far into weird right now. Okay. We saw a giant elk come out and walk towards the trail. I think it was the great deer protecting us. Oh, there you go. Oh, I just got chills. I had been asking for my ancestors' protection since I started panicking instinctively. The great deer went in the woods and we never saw a zombie bear again. I thanked my ancestors and we hoofed it back to camp when we finally calmed down. I hope you all enjoyed the story. It all really happened and I think I want to write it it into a book about some weird experiences I had. Thanks for letting me know I'm not crazy believing in all of this. Oh, 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 first of all, I'm having many physical reactions to this story. Cameron, <laughs> Cameron this is an amazing story and you're a great writer. Yeah. I was sucked in for all of it so that you are a good storyteller and that will yes. make you a great writer. So the not bear. I actually want to, I want to go back a tick because yeah. the metallic and electronic sounds, what that reminds me of is the, not the Grafton monster, the Flatwoods, Flatwoods monster, mm. because that smell is what the people described as part of the smell. Yeah, the sulfur. From, yeah. And the electronic, the metallic whirling and stuff, because the we whining, discussed yeah. the Flatwoods and the Flatwoods, I think we both agree. It seems like that was a spacesuit whatever that yeah. thing was wearing and it made those noises so it's interesting that they encountered that as mm -hmm. well and i i mean i don't know if it has a similarity i mean obviously they didn't see a ball or the steam or whatever but it sounds very similar right to something like that i think yeah i like the fact that it's about 12 feet tall and that its eyes were gone like no eyes, just dark holes. That sounds like something out of an Al Going Back book, right? It's uh, that 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 reminded me of Crota. So some sort of native spirit, you know, dark creature of some sort. That Yosemite, I have never heard this ever anywhere else. This is the first time I've heard about this. I would love to hear if we have any other listeners that have seen something like this. Well, that and where exactly did you camp, Cameron? Tell us where you camped. Yeah, which part of Yosemite? Yosemite is a big damn place. I but would love the knot bear. So the knot deer usually is actually, unfortunately, a disease that deer can get 
which is called the wasting disease. And if a bear, and I've seen bear attack baby moose and deer and stuff like that. They don't always, but grizzly bears are very, you know, eat what they can't thing. And if they ate a deer that had the wasting disease, that's what happens. Their eyes look like they disappear and stuff like that. If you look up the wasting disease, it creates what looks like mange and things like that. And they go a little kind of crazy from this. It affects the brain. It's neurological. Yeah. And so to me, the bear sounds, I mean, I, I could be wrong, but grizzlies get that. They can get really, really big, especially when they stand up on their hind quarters. I mean, there's a few pictures of people with a, a giant grizzly bear and they're two times the size of a six foot tall. Oh yeah. Man. If you ever want a you know a scary time, watch the documentary, the uh, Werner Herzog documentary Grizzly Man, which is a guy who lived amongst grizzlies in Alaska trying to be basically Jane Goddall, but he was doing it in with grizzlies in Alaska and everybody kept telling him, you know, at some point you're gonna die. And spoiler, you know, <laughs> the grizzlies ate him. So um, him and his girlfriend and his girlfriend, which was like the really sad part of it. But um, man, that's a crazy I'm following all this. And the fact that you were asking for your ancestors help instinctively, that's incredible. I love that. That's several friends of mine. I know that's the first instinct. They just start, you know, if everything is a prayer or a, you know, an offering or whatever you, you say, oh, you know, whatever, what, please help me. And calling on your ancestors, and the first thing you saw was the great deer. I think you got an answer. Yeah, uh, no, I agree a hundred percent with that. And I, you know, to me, it's it's amazing. And I love that you had that protection in whatever form that is that came to you. And I think it it probably did because the wasting disease can have a an effect on a creature, especially one that is a predator like that, where it could become. I'm not going to say rabid, but a similar brain because rabies affects the brain big time too so i'm glad you're safe cameron that is amazing story we want to hear more of your story so thank you for sharing that with us but i feel like we have like this whole entire flatwoods monster you know all that combined i I, I like to think of mundane on that but i also think yo you may have seen something very very crazy zombie bear is a you know is a good name for it so yeah no i i i think the bear might have been wasting disease bear but the other pieces to it the getting your spirit protector which is amazing and then the other smell i don't know if it actually is related completely it might be a combo with the bear because wasting disease does cause a a yucky smell to Mm. the animals but the sulfur and the metallic yeah that that's almost negative energy things like that there's layers to this there are a lot of layers to this story so thank you so much cameron oh my gosh and uh i would look forward to your book please any other stories you want to share with us we would love that yeah man what a way to end it erica for for christmas for yule for solstice for hanukkah kwanzaa whatever you want to celebrate oh my gosh this was the perfect dark night of the year story so it was. And thank you, travelers, so much again for sharing all this with us. We love these. These are amazing. And I wrote down, I think, three or four story ideas that I, you know, well, I made the producer write them down. Um, Story ideas to get us going there because we love this and it gives us great things to research and look into for you. Yeah, I'm floored by everything you guys have done for us. That has been the best Christmas present we could have gotten best holiday present we could have gotten is the fact that you guys send us so many of these letters and words of encouragement and and we're okay with the the words of hey you should fix this or you said this wrong or whatever those those are fun we do accept our corrections but the fact that you guys are listening to us and sharing us and and getting more and more listeners i mean some of these letters were talking about how they you know they found us because somebody else had told them about us so please word of mouth is everything and that's great and Erica, do you have any other holiday wishes for our listeners? I just want to say that, you know, we're going into a new year. You'll hear this again from us, but we hope everything that you want to put out into the universe comes true for you and that you have an amazing 2024. And we're super excited to be a part of that with you. And thank you for being on this journey with us so far this year. It's been kind of exciting. It's been more than kind of exciting. It's been wickedly epic. 
Yeah, I'm, we went into this thinking, okay, well, we'll tell some stories from my various books. We'll tell some stories from Erica's travels. We'll we'll combine all this and just kind of see what happens. And man, the fact that it's blown up to what it's been and that people are inviting us to conventions and inviting us to public speak and that people are, when's the next book? When's the next book? Well, you know, it's coming. And when's the next episode? Oh my gosh. The fact we started one day a week and then almost immediately we had to go to two days a week because the demand was there with the Patreon coming up and the fact that we've got catchphrases. Oh my gosh. And Erica's nope. And my, you know, uh, that's, the Midwest. <laughs> that's the Midwest in me, fill in the blank spaces of the conversation. You got to say, you know, and the fact that it's one syllable for me is. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's just been such a great journey. So thank you, Traveler, so much for being with us. We feel like we're all together and we really appreciate everything you've done. And we look forward to seeing you in person, doing more shows with you, but please check out our event schedule. We have a lot of stuff coming up and we would love to meet our travelers and stuff like that. And we really appreciate every, every bit of support and always remember that our booths at events are safe spaces. So yep. if you need a place just to calm down, you can always come over to our booth. You will always be welcome. Yep. You're more than welcome anytime gang. And, oh, and we actually have a special traveler that we did meet at a booth that we need to do a little shout out to. Oh, who's that? Remember the young man that you met at that local folk moot festival? Oh, yeah. 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 Um, thank you so much. And I'm, no, now I'm blanking on his name. <laughs> yes, I think it was, is it Dylan? I feel like it was, I'm it was close. Dylan, but he hung out at the folk moot festival with us for a while, told us a lot of fun things. And he knew more about cryptids than I did. He knew and more he was, about the Jersey Devil than you did. And we got oh, to man. meet his yeah. amazing I, father. Yep. And his father, his whole family came and visited us. And they were just a blast. And he looked through every single one of Carrie's illustrations. And that's dozens and dozens. And he was able to, the ones he didn't know, he was super excited about. And the ones he did know, he had more information on. So Merry Christmas, young man. We loved you. And you were incredible. And your family came and snuck and bought a bunch of pictures for us. So hopefully you're opening those as you listen. <laughs> and, uh, or we've just blown back. Christmas for uh, an or blown, Well, man. this isn't airing till the holiday, so we're good. Okay. So anyway, thank you so much for coming out to see us. We meant to acknowledge that for some time. And we are sometimes a little bit forgetful. So forgive yep. us. But it was wonderful meeting you. And we can't wait to see you again. Yeah, definitely. And thank you all so much for everything. All of you. Every encounter is wonderful with us. And with that, gang, I think we're just going to say happy holidays. Enjoy your Yule Log. Enjoy a nice cup of eggnog or whatever libation you prefer. I like a hot cider myself. And then listen to some ghost stories. Thanks for joining us as you listen to these listener tales. Thank you for sending these listener tales. And enjoy the darkest night of the year as the veil is thin and we listen to a silent night. Happy holidays, gang. We'll see you on the other side. Mm -hmm.